kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity We're looking at Numbers chapter 7 and it is one of the longest chapters in the entire Bible, by the way. And um, you, you, you could read it uh, after now. But I'm just going to read um, the first several verses. So from verse 1, now it came to pass when Moses had finished uh, setting up the tabernacle, that he anointed it and consecrated it and all its furnishings, and the altar and all its utensils. So he anointed them and he consecrated them. Uh, verse 2. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their fathers' houses, who were the leaders of the tribes, and over those who were numbered, they made an offering. Please note that all the leaders of Israel, who were the heads of the various tribes and fathers' houses, they made an offering um, uh, on that day. So, verse 3, And they brought their offering before the Lord, six covered carts or wagons, I think that the King James calls it, you know, carts or wagons, uh, and then twelve oxen, a cart for every two of the leaders, and for each one an ox, and they presented them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Accept from, from them that they may be used in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting, and you shall give them to the Levites, to every man according to his service. So these leaders made an offering. And I want to, um, I want to take a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, movement forward there before we come back. So if you now look at um, verse 10, look at that, jump down to verse 10 before we come back so that we see something about the offerings that these leaders made. So in verse 10 he says, Now the leaders offered the dedication offering for the altar when it was anointed. So the leaders offered their offering before the altar. So you see, if you are going to offer your offering, you could not offer your offering without an altar. In other words, whatever offering that was presented was preceded by the altar. The first lesson I want to point out there is whatever offering that you are going to offer to the Lord in service or in ministry must be preceded by the altar. Because if there is no altar, where are you going to present your sacrifice? On where, where are you going to present what you are bringing? You, are you going to put it on the floor? Before what? Before who? So, as a leader in eternity ministries, there is something that must come before every offering, every service that you are presenting. If you don't note what I'm telling you now, we are not on the same page. 
I said, if you don't take what I'm saying now seriously, we are not on the same page. And I'm sorry to say that your personal offering may not be accepted before God. Before the offering was the altar. In other words, before our service comes the altar. You see this same pattern in the book of Ezra when the people came back and they presented themselves before the Lord and it was now time for them to begin to rebuild, um, what is it called, the temple. You remember, they came back from exile to rebuild the temple. But they could not begin rebuilding temple until they first of all rebuilt the altar. And then they began to offer sacrifices. So before they offered any sacrifice, there has to be an altar where the sacrifice will be presented. The altar is the meeting point between God and the worshiper. You know, some people have all these different, you know, revelations that they teach about altars. What is an altar? Very simply, an altar is a meeting point between the worshiper and the worshipee. In other words, the worshiper and the one that is being worshipped. That's what an altar is. Whether it's a pagan altar or a divine altar. An altar is a meeting point. So if there is no altar, there is no meeting point. That's why at an altar you can present your sacrifice and then the God you are worshipping can accept the sacrifice. Because two of you are communicating. You are meeting at the altar. So at the altar there is also exchange. Exchange taking place. You bring your offering the God that you are worshipping, you know, transforms you with his character. He gives you, he answers your prayer. He provides for you. He meets your need. He, he gives you wisdom and clarity because there is a meeting place at the altar where two of you are communicating and, and fellowshipping. So, before any offering that we bring to the Lord, each of us must have an altar that is alive. I charge you, leaders in eternity ministries, all staff, you cannot be doing ministry without a functional altar. You cannot, and I'm not talking about a group altar. We have an altar as believers uh, secured by the blood of Jesus, but that altar must be functional individually. And so that altar represents your personal, private communion with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father your place of prayer, where you study the word of God, the spirit of God speaks to you. I'm not talking of a group activity. I'm talking about your personal place. You must have that. Even if you live in a house where there are 30 people in one room, escape, find a place where your soul can be alone with the Lord and commune with your master on a daily basis. That is the foundation, the 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 irreducible prerequisite for any offering that will be accepted before God. So please note that. Now, the next thing I wanted to point out is we are now told that each of the princes, if you look at now verse 11, he said, For the Lord said to Moses, they shall offer their offering one leader each day. For the dedication of the altar. The Young's literal translation says, One prince a day. One prince a day. 
So every day, one prince. Every day, one prince. Every day, one leader. You see, you, you wonder, why don't all of them bring everything on the same day? It's because God is interested in each leader. God wants to pay attention. In other words, imagine that everybody brought their offering on the same day. Maybe they are counting or they are checking because the offering was actually specified. This offering was not a free will offering where you brought whatever you wanted to bring. There was a checklist of things that were brought. And incidentally, when you read the whole chapter, every leader brought exactly the same offering. In fact, the level of repetition in Numbers chapter 7 is almost unprecedented in the Bible. The whole thing is repeated over and over and over and over. They just kept repeating it. But the point here is, it was not group offering. This underscores what I'm sharing with you. First of all, the altar must be in place. Number two, our offering cannot just simply be group offering. Here is what I mean. You see, we are serving together as a ministry, as brethren. But, you see, your labor cannot simply be group labor. You know, we are, we, are, we are in entirety ministries. You know, we organize School of Divine Priorities. You know, we do something. You see, apart from all that we are doing collectively, there must be your own offering that you are bringing before the altar. There must be the offering of your own life, your own peculiar offering that you are presenting before the Lord that is acceptable in His sight. It's part of the work. And you know, I have told you before that the reason that we are called Eternity Ministries is because we are actually a platform from where ministry takes place. So that's why we have coordinators, eh? not, not um, uh, some other title. So I am coordinating the ministries that are taking place in eternity ministries. So if there are no individual ministries taking place, then what am I coordinating? Because each one of us, we have already established that over the years that we have all been together, that every one of us is a minister of the gospel called by God. So this is not group offering. God said it's one leader a day. And then they now began that the first person who offered his offering on the first day was Nashon, the son of Aminadab from the tribe of Judah. He was the leader of the tribe of Judah. And Judah was asked to offer first. So Nashon now brought his offering. And if you look at the beginning of verse 13, because of our time, we are not going to go into all the details of this scripture. But if you look at verse 13, we are told that his offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. His offering was checked with the shekel of the sanctuary. So even as you are bringing your offering, the standard that they are going to use to measure the offering is not the standard from the street, it's the shekel from the sanctuary. It's the measuring standard. Eh? The Good News Version calls it the official standard. That's what they used to check this offering, not the street standard. So it, it, then we are told, you know, full of, uh, you know, fine flour, 
if you look at verse 14, one gold pan of ten shekels full of incense, one bull. Now, if you now jump to verse at the end of that thing, if you look at the end of uh, verse 17, after listing it, he said, This was the offering of Naashon, the son of Aminadab. Then, if you come down to verse 18, he said, On the second day, Netanel, the son of Zur, leader of Issachar, presented an offering. And then, for his offering, he offered a repetition of everything that Naashon brought. And then at the end of it, in verse 23, he said, This was the offering of Netanel, the son of Zur. Zuar. If you jump down to verse 29, another person brought, then they said, This was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helon. Mm? He was from the tribe of Zebulon. If you jump down to verse 35, exactly the same thing. It says, This was the offering of Elizor the son of Shadior, uh, of the tribe of Reuben. So this is repeated, 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 until you now got to the end of the story. When the, when the, um, the last person offered from the tribe of Naphtali. So if you look at verse 83, it says, This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Enan. This was from the tribe of, of Naphtali. Now, look what now happened um, in verse 89. Now, when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting, this was the day the, the dedication took place. When Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubims. And then God spoke to him. So you see, because they did this thing properly, there was an open door of communion. God came into the tabernacle to spend, to be with his people. And Moses could hear God with clarity. But all of these preparations needed to be made. Are you following that? So why was all this repetition made in listing the offerings of these people? Is because each person's offering is important to God. Your offering is important to God. What you contribute to this altar is critical, is important to God. And heaven keeps the record. Heaven keeps the record of what was brought, and heaven keeps the record of who brought it, and heaven keeps the record of the day in which it was brought. So your offering is important. You see, we cannot make progress with group offering. All of you, pay attention to what I'm saying to you. If you don't listen to what I'm saying to you now, after some time, you will discover that the work has left you behind. I said, if you don't listen to what I'm saying to you now, after some time, you are going to discover that the work has left you behind. The reason is because the work that God has called us to do we will work as a team, but each individual must be bringing an offering, an offering of souls, an offering of disciples, an offering of, you know, even financial giving, offering, an offering of labor. 
somewhere in the midst of all that we are doing together there is some there are things that god is enabling you to do that is contributing something to the purpose of god so heaven takes note of your offering i may not be able to note all your offering of sacrificial prayer and fasting towards the work but i want you to know that heaven takes note and keeps record now go back with me from to verse 5 I want to point out certain things here and then we draw to a close. Please go up to verse 5. Now it says in verse 5, the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, accept these offerings from them. What was the purpose? So that they may be used in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting. So you see, this offering is not a useless offering. It's not just being brought for nothing. God told Moses, receive this offering from these leaders because I have a purpose for each offering, every component, the incense, the flour, the gold, the oxen, all the different components of this offering were to be used for something that was important to God, the service of the tabernacle of meeting. And then God said to Moses, and you shall give them to the Levites, I want you to look at that last part of verse 5. It's very important. Distribute this offering to the Levites. It says, to every man according to his service. To every man according to his service. In other words, don't distribute these offerings equally across the board. Don't just take the offering and divide it. How many are the Levites? There are, there, there, there are 20 of them. Oh yeah, divided by 20 and everybody take one part. God said, no, 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 no. That's not the way I operate in my economy. Listen very closely now because these are life-changing truths that God is bringing to us this morning. God said, distribute it to the Levites to every man. So even when you are going to give it to the Levites, you don't give it to the Levites as a group. You don't say, hey, Levite, 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 Levite. See your, see your offering. Oh, oh, yeah, you people use it for your work. God say, no, no, no. He said, give it to every man according to his service. So, your allocation from heaven is according to your service. I said, the allocation that will come to you from heaven is according to the responsibility that you bear for heaven. So the lower your responsibility level, the lower your allocation. You see, that's why you, you must serve. That's why you must labor. Because your responsibility, your labor, the intensity of your sacrifice and service and commitment is what is going to determine your allocation. This is very important. If your responsibility is small, your allocation, sad to say, will also be small. If you are doing small, 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 small things, you're also going to receive small, 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 small supplies. But if you are daring things, you are moving the purpose of God forward. You are engaging strategic labors. You are doing things that have tremendous impact and consequence in the purpose of God your allocation will be proportional to your service. I'm not talking first of all of allocation from eternity ministries. Please, you have to understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your allocation from heaven. 
what God provides is proportional to the vision with which the individual is engaged. Vision cannot be divorced from provision. If provision outstrips vision, you are promoting profligacy. You are promoting waste. That's why you don't give somebody, you know, something in the budget that is bigger than the project. You see, the budget and the project, are, they have a correlation. The budget is according to the project. The provision is according to the vision. So if you have an enlarged heart, if you can see the ends of the earth, if you can see God doing great things in and through your life, and you are making effort, you are laboring, you are serving, your provision will be multiplied from headquarters. I'm not talking about what the Taiti Ministries will do for you. I'm talking about what heaven, how heaven will open its treasures to release a massive allocation of grace, of power, of anointing, a massive allocation of wisdom and resources, finances, opportunities, open doors, if your level of responsibility for kingdom advancement grows and multiplies. To every man according to his service. So, it says to every man according to his service. According to his service. Blessed be God forevermore. So now look in how Moses implemented this. And this is where we are going to draw to a close. Look at how Moses implemented the divine instruction. So Moses, this is verse 6 now, Numbers chapter 7 and verse 6. So Moses took the wagons, or he took the carts, and the oxen, and he gave them to the Levites. Two carts and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gerishon, the sons of Gerishon, according to their service. How many did he give them? Two wagons and four oxen. Two carts and four oxen. Loaded according to their service. Now look at verse 8. And four carts and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Merari according to their service. You can see the thing is being repeated. It must be important to God. Eh? According to their service. He gave these ones double what he gave to the other people. Why did he do that? According to their service. Their service is not the same. So their allocation cannot be the same. And these people were under the authority or the leadership, the hand, under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest. These are Levites. Now look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 is very interesting. But to the sons of Kohath, who we are also Levites, by the way, to the sons of Kohath, he gave none. He didn't give them any wagons. He didn't give them any carts, no oxen. Look at the reason we are giving. He said, because theirs was the service of the holy things, which they carried on their shoulders. Whoa! Hey! This is amazing. Now, look, this is, a, this is a, a, another level altogether. We are seeing here that God provides what you need for your service. But also note that God will not give you what is not relevant to your service. Do you see these sons of Kohath? Everybody received 
what they needed according to their service. But what did God give to them according to their own service? Do you know what God gave, gave to them? God gave them shoulders, sanctified shoulders. He didn't give them wagons. He didn't give them oxen. He didn't give them trailers. He didn't give them all of these other things that other Levites had. What did he give them? He gave them these sanctified shoulders. God said, what I have called you to do does not need a wagon. So I'm not going to give you a wagon. What I have called you to do does not require carts. So God said, there is no point giving you carts and wagons when what I have ordained for your life does not require them. Do you know the prayer that I prayed for myself eh, when I saw this scripture? I said, God, don't give me wagons that I don't need. Don't give me wagons. Do you know, it's those kind of wagons that people use to drive themselves away from the purpose of God. Wagons that are not necessary for your service. You see, these sons of Kohath, they are the ones that carried the ark and the tabernacle on their shoulder. If you remember those Levites that had responsibility to carry the ark of God and those holy things on the poles on their shoulder, these are the people. And the Bible says, God did not give them wagons. For me as an individual, for you as an individual, and for us in eternity ministries, may God not give us something we don't need for this work. It will become a distraction. May God not allow us something that is irrelevant to the agenda to which he has called us. But every oxen, every wagon, all the carts, all the provisions. So you can see here that divine service is not a torture where God will call you to do something and then he will not provide for what you need. God does not do such things. From this example, we see the eternal father providing for the service of his tabernacle uh, among the people that he has called. So this morning, we have seen from the word of God, first of all, that God demands that an altar must be in place before we start bringing our sacrifice. Your personal private altar must be alive and functional before any service or sacrifice or offering will be accepted before the Lord. That's the first point that we saw. Number two is that each person must bring an offering. This is not a group matter. We cannot, we cannot, you know, do group service and group sacrifice. We must, every one of us, make sure that we are bringing an offering into the presence of God because heaven takes record of each person's offering. That's very important. That's why I said a prince a day, not a group matter. I want to watch each person presenting his offering and I want to accept it and receive it. So imagine now that there was a particular day when somebody was to be on duty. The person did not do his work. What will happen? It means there will be nothing for that day. And the whole of Israel will be in, in jeopardy, in trouble because imagine that the altar has no offering, no sacrifice for that day. Ah, may, may, may there be something at the altar the day that you are on duty. I said, may, there, may, there, may, may, may the altar not be empty on your day to present your offering. 
and which is why we know now that we are called to be on duty for God every day. So if you make an assumption that you know, Lord, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, if imagine that the man from from Naphtali said, "No problem, uh, Judah is around. You know, Judah will take care of it." You can't do that because Judah had his own day. So I pray, I pray for all of us, brothers and my dear brothers and sisters, that on our day of duty, there will be something at the altar. Your offering will not be missing. Because you can put all of us in trouble if your own offering is not present. And they are looking for you. They say, where is uh, uh, um, uh, Nashon? Where is, where, is, where is Nashon? Where is Nashon? Where is Nashon? And then Nashon, son of Aminadab, is nowhere to be found. Huh? So it's important for you to realize that God, heaven is depending on you and your offering. You can say, well, praise the Lord, coordinator is doing something. There is nothing like that. This is not um, something that if coordinator is doing, then we are okay. The work is not going to make progress because of what coordinator is doing. The Bible says that the body grows as every part supplies. Every joint is supplied. Everybody is supplying something. You are supplying something. You are making disciples. I am making disciples. So disciples multiply. That's how the thing works. It's not, oh, praise, thank God for Bauchi Ministry Unit or thank God for our brethren in the UK. Thank God for the brethren in the UK, but what, what is, where is your own offering? Where is your own labor? Where is your own contribution in the vision? And then we have also seen this morning that as these things are being brought, God allocates the resources according to our service. So the more our service is critical, and growing so will also our allocation be guaranteed and be growing and be enlarging and the final principle that we have seen is that god does not give wagons to people that don't need wagons if what you are to carry is on your shoulder that's why so you see now there is no competition imagine that those sons of kohat they say can you imagine eh, look at see now all these uh, you see the sons of merari they have eight it's um, what did they even have? Those sons of Mera. They have four cats and then they have uh, 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 eight oxen. Uh, the, these sons of Merari, look at Itamar and, and see them. And see the other people, the sons of Gerishon, see the number of oxen they have. And we, we don't have anything. You see, this, that's why in ministry you don't compare yourself with people. This is not a competition. We do not, are you following me? There is no envy. The, the cohortites are content. I said the Kohatites are content. They said, no. Say, Kohatites, you don't have a wagon. You don't have a wagon. The Kohatites said, no, I don't need wagons. I carry what I carry for God on my shoulders. So there's no competition. You don't say, hey, can you see now, they gave this person this one, and then me, they didn't give me anything. You, the thing you are talking about, is it crucial for what God has called you to do? Mind your business, um, sons of Kohat. Focus on what you are carrying for God. Do you know that that thing that you are carrying, the Bible says they are carrying the holy things. So, which one is more important? Is it the person who is carrying, the, what he is carrying can be carried on wagons? Or the one that, the thing is so sacred that it wagon, oxen. You remember what happened when uh, the Philistines used the carts and, and oxen to bring back the ark? I'm sure you know the story. When the ark was captured in the book of 1 Samuel. That's where David went and borrowed that method of carrying ark. You remember, he got he got some cows, and then he got some uh, he got he put the ark on a new cart, 
And then Uza and Ahayo, sons of, uh, what's the man's name? I, I, don't, I don't remember. They were driving the thing. Really, who taught David to do that? Eh? Because that thing he's driving on, on a cart was to be carried on the shoulder of the Kohathites. And that was why when they got to the threshing floor of Chidon, the thing began to shake and stumble. And of course, you know the rest of the story, how God struck down Uza because he put forth his hand to touch the ark. It was not his job to touch it. Mm? And David had to do the thing right. So, can you concentrate on the assignment that God has given to you? Don't compare. Look, as you're looking at me, I, as much as possible, I refrain. That's the word. I refrain from comparing myself with this man of God. That pastor, he's been preaching for a number of years. Look at what they have. See their church members. See their money. See their car. No, no. Praise the Lord for them. May God give them more grace. But I don't need all that for what God has called me to do. I just want to concentrate on my own assignment. So as we pray over these few things that the Lord has brought to us this morning, I plead with you to pay attention to what I've shared with you this morning. This is very important. And at the end of this, this recording is going to be posted um, you know, among on our platforms so that you can benefit more from it in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray simply and then I will ask Brother Shaku to lead us for the next uh, five minutes to pray over some of the specific points that we have encountered. Eternal Father, thank you for the word that you have brought to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the altar, the meeting point that we have with the Father God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we ask that our altars will be alive. We ask that our offering and our sacrifice will be accepted and acceptable before you. We ask that, Father, everything that we need for this service will be supplied in the name of Jesus. And we ask that, Lord, whatever we don't need will be kept away from us. We profess and announce contentment with your provision for the vision to which you have called us in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we pray that none of us will be lacking on our day. All of us will be on duty. Lord, that we will not be jeopardized. We will not jeopardize your purpose and your people by missing in action on the day that heaven has allocated to us and is expecting us to serve in the name of Jesus. And this is our day. Say, the night is coming. Say, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is yet day. This is our day. Lord, help us to function maximally in this our day in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Of heaven, Lord of the land and Lord of the sea.